The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into the Hoop Ball Celtics podcast presented by Hoop Ball. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury. You can also find me on Twitter at Ballin Opinions. That's B A L L I N O P I N I O N S. You can also find the show on Twitter at Hoop Ball Celtics. You can um, go ahead and give us a like and follow along with us on our pregames and game analysis and then we drop our shows right there as well just come in we it's a good time you know i'm the host and we just talk about celtics basketball and today what i wanted to go over and talk about was this huge 32 point comeback win against um a really you know solid spurs team like they still got great popovich and demar Derozan and the jonte murray and they're, they're a team that's fighting to stay in the playoff race themselves so I'm going to break down some of that. going to break down how Jason Tatum was able to drop 60 points and what has changed from this Tatum to first-half Tatum. And I'm also going to go ahead and talk about some Nair Neesmith and why I think that he is a part of the future and not just some, you know, bad player. This is just a sweet two-game stretch. So all that coming up here on the Hoop Ball Celtics, all right? So let's just jump into it, guys. You know, the game was... Ugly to start, to say the least. I mean, going into this, the Celtics are six and four. They haven't. They've been playing pretty inconsistent. You don't know what type of basketball you're really going to get from them. Um, losing to teams on their back to backs when they should have more energy than them, and just losing the effort battle as of recently, just not a very good time. They they were also going into this game with uh, out Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker still nurturing that that hip issue that he had a, a few games back now um but other than Kemba Walker this team is is a go everybody's playing now so when Kemba Walker comes back we're going to get a look at hopefully a full team if nobody else you know knock on wood nobody else is going to go down before Kemba comes back because that seems to be the case every time somebody comes back somebody new goes um on the injury reserve so we did get more Rob Williams so that's good um, Celtics are 33 and 30 going into this, and after his comeback win, 34 and 30, good enough for sixth in the East. We're trying to fend off the Miami Heat from taking that spot from us, and while also trying to catch some ground on these uh, Atlanta Hawks and New York Knicks. So, um, just some crucial, crucial moments right there as well um, for the Boston Celtics. I, I really just um, watching this game. I just saw how much. Um, Fournier is struggling to get in a groove. Uh, he looked like he was his shooting came around, and then he went and got COVID. Unfortunately, that really pushed him in a different direction than um, he was going. And I feel right now he's just like he's super hesitant. He doesn't know whether he wants to shoot the ball, pass the ball, and he forces some things. And you're just you're scratching your head and you're going, what's what's going on with him? And uh, there was just a really bad point in this game in the beginning where I just saw him on like a pick and roll and the the pass was just so atrocious. It wasn't even close. It was just not a good time. Um, I thought um, he he just needs to start being more aggressive, play play his own game, 
and we'll see how his own game fits into our scheme. You know, like, and we'll we'll put him in places to make him feel better. But it, you know, you just wanted him to to kind of feel feel his groove out. He's coming back from COVID, so not going to grade him too harshly yet. But we're going to see how it progresses as we continue moving along. Um, and out this gate of this game, I thought the defensive side of the ball was not great as far as energy and effort wise. Um, there's a big reason why the Spurs came out and were able to hit at such a high efficiency clip. It's because the way Boston Celtics body language was to go into this game didn't have that sense of urgency that they did in the second half, which we'll go more into. But that first half was just terrible. Like in the first six minutes, the only person who scored the basketball on offense was Jason Tam. He had 10 points. Yeah, I get it. He dropped the 60 bomb tonight, but like help the man, help the man. Six minutes in, we only got 10 points on the board because it's coming from one person. Uh, definitely needed uh, a lot more effort from the rest of the team. Jalen Brown kind of struggled off to the get-go, and down the stretch he was big. He had a big-time three-pointer that, that ended up uh, icing the game in the sense to uh, – oh, actually, I only think it was icing the game. It was, I want to say it was in fourth quarter where he hit that three-pointer, and then you know they ended up tying it and everything would go to OT. But, yeah, um, thought thought Boston did a good job, you know, um, turning it back up in that second half. But the start, man, was ugly. They had 12 points. The Spurs had 34 points at the 121 mark of that first quarter. You, They were already down 22 points in that first quarter before it ended. Then Tatum um, pretty much had all the points. He had actually finished with the Celtics, all Celtics points until the 44-second um, point of that first quarter. So Jason Tatum had accounted for every point of the Celtics until 44 seconds left in that first quarter. Nobody else scored until then. I think it was Grant Williams that scored. Uh, and I thought, you know, the second quarter was a lot of, you know, the same thing we saw in that first quarter. It was just the Spurs kind of getting every look that they kind of wanted in that regard. I thought they could have been better at, like, making things harder they got to the paint really easy then they were able to once they got to the paint easy they were able to kick it out and get open shots so i just i want to see the celtics with more energy and um just urgency to get out to the perimeter of guys and one making it hard for them to, to dribble down the paint of the defense but also like no breathing room to uh um i don't want any breathing room for them to feel like they could just pull up and shoot so yeah. Uh, that's just something I think that they need to be better at. Uh, let's see. Um, I thought. Um, I thought they were. Let's see. Sorry, got my notes here. At the halftime, they were forty-eight points to the Spurs seventy-seven. Tatum had twenty-four points of the forty-eight, so he had half the team's points going into halftime. Grant was second highest in points with eight, and nobody else had more than four going in the half. So, I mean, you got to help Tatum out. Like, I don't care how good Tatum's shooting that game. You, somebody needs to help him out. Um, Spurs shot 71.4% from the field in that f- first half, and then Boston shot 34.8%. Also, Celtics had eight turnovers, man, to go in half. That's That's been a, a consistent thing with this team that has been utterly frustrating, especially because... Those turnovers are coming from our main guys, all right? Like the Jason Tatum's, the the Jalen Browns. It's not like they're just overpassing and like somebody off the bench ends up just dribbling or something off his foot. No, it's our main guys trying to play make for each other and and not able to do it in an efficient way without turning over the ball. Um, but you know, coming out of that 
that first half, I thought Boston played with a ton more energy, effort, and trying to chill away at that 29 Spurs lead that they had at that half. And uh, this team was down by 32, um, so like really, really badly. And then in that start at third, it looked kind of looked like it was like not going to change. Some 50-50 balls were going uh, the Spurs way. And then all of a sudden, the Celtics start just chipping away, hitting shots. They they were starting to get that gap. They had that gap down like twenty points. And there were some areas where I was just like, man, Celtics were missing some easy layups. Like I'm talking like typical easy drive NBA layups, just not happening. Um, just thought they they would just need to be funneling more sound and, and discipline in that sense. I don't know. Like how are you missing? Just mentally be more engaged. It looked like they were trying. It was just they were missing the layups. It was it was wild. It was a wild time. Um, also, Aaron Smith was huge in the third quarter. He had a lot of effort and energy, and that's kind of where the game started to shift. Uh, you kind of felt this difference in going in the other direction. I thought Aaron Smith was amazing and a big catalyst for that. Start things starting to turn around. Um, and then next thing you know, uh, the, the Celtics were able to cut that lead down to 13 points going into that fourth quarter. 13 points. They were down 32, and they cut it down. You know, at halftime is 29. So, a, a the fact they were able to get it down to 13, that's that's a solid 16 point shave off, and they had to do it again, pretty much to have a chance on the stretch. So you can at least get within 13, which I mean, we all know the ending of this story. Um, in that fourth quarter, uh, the the Celtics' energy creeped in and came alive, 100% alive. Celtics were everywhere. They were menace on defense. They were menace on offense. Tatum was getting to every spot he wanted to on the floor. It was a just an overall team effort of just they pushed. The te- this is how we wish they start out the game. Coming out, knocking, throwing haymakers, just being good team basketball, you know, passing the ball around. We ended up cutting that lead down to five with eight minutes left. DeRozan was putting a lot of pressure. I thought he did a very good job down the stretch, just just putting some pressure on those refs to make calls and and to see if uh, what he can what he can do and how he can get to the line and get some free buckets to kind of slow down that momentum. Celtics again missed more layups in that fourth quarter, just like the third. And you're just like, wow, these layups are going to be like if the lit, if the Celtics would have just hit like half their their not very contested layups tonight, um, I think they win by ten uh, in the fourth quarter. You know, yeah, it's not going to be fun because Jason Tatum doesn't get a sixty, but I, I felt this game should have been done by in the fourth quarter. I don't think it should have went to an overtime. Um, but I mean, it was a. a bad first half by boston you know going down 29 and then like a bad second half by the spurs you know losing 29 points so i guess it's like let's even those out squish that the real game is in the overtime let's see who who really has it you know and the celtics did a good job of rising to the occasion i i thought um we did just enough there was also some free throws down the stretch in that fourth quarter that tristan missed two late ones that that would have definitely helped but neesmith has been amazing he earned himself a spot on that closing um lineup in the fourth and he got to play in the in the overtime because he was the reason they were the celtics were in this game without um aaron neesmith and i know tatum had 60 points but without aaron neesmith tonight the celtics don't win this game 
It's just it's that that's what happens. Neesmith was so critical to what was going right for Boston down the stretch. Um, Murray Murray was was good for the Spurs as well. He had a two, and then Tatum ended up responding with a three to go up by one with thirty seven seconds, and that was when the Boston Celtics took their very first lead of the game with thirty seven seconds left in this game. After being down thirty two points, it was just Murray two Tatum's responds with a big time three point shot, and they go up one with it. And it was just insane. the The crowd was loud. The with the even though it's not a full capacity stadium right now, you can hear the fans, and they were, they were in it, and the, they were engaged. And that's a big part, you know, for success. Like this team thrives. There's a lot of players I feel like on the Boston Celtics that thrive in a fan environment. And this is one of those moments where I thought the fans really impacted the team, giving the extra boost, especially in an overtime. You need that. So I thought Marcus Smart had a, a wonderful defense possession at the 22nd mark, just getting DeMar to turn it over. And then, you know, Boston ended up going down that stretch there and, and giving up a bucket. But Boston ended up coming back, you know, from 32 points and forced that OT. Uh, there was big shots by big shots. Tatum was up to 56 points with 31.5 seconds left in that overtime. And then, uh, the crucial mark, crucial mark of the game was Jalen Brown for three to go up by two with that 16.7 seconds left. The Celtics were down one point. Uh, the the team was able to draw Tatum draw two. He swings it out to uh, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart has somebody close on him hard, leaving um, JB open in the corner for a corner three wide open and buries it. Like no doubt about it, go up. Uh, two points with 16.7 seconds left. Uh, Spurs ends up missing shot. Tatum gets fouled, goes to the free throw line. Spurs hit a shot. Tatum again gets fouled, goes to the free throw line. Tatum finishes with 60 points, gets those last four points to get to round out to that 60 for him. And the Boston Celtics, you know, they get a big win, a, a win that was much needed from them. And they win at 143, 140 in overtime. And just an overall game where they really needed this this game, right? Because you're, you're looking at these standings and you're going, well, we only have less than 10 games and we're sitting half a game ahead of Miami right now. We are tied with Atlanta, but they own the tiebreaker and we're two and a half games or sorry, one and a half games behind the Knicks. So the Celtics have one of the easiest schedules remaining. They can, you know, it's a big moment of the season for them one to to have everybody together and healthy to play in these last few games but also to to move up to that that fourth spot or fifth spot they really want to play in new york atlanta too in that first round like they don't want to play milwaukee or philly first round we don't want that if we don't have to play that, then we don't want to play. We also don't want to be in the playing tournament, so we need to win some games to put some separation between us and the Miami Heat. So I, I think that Boston here is coming down to a really crucial stretch, and it's going to be big, man. So, But yeah, um, this was the night for Jason Tatum. Big night. Huge game. 60 points. His total... Um, his total stats here. Let's let's see. Pull what up he exactly had. Um, Jason Tatum, twenty of thirty-seven from the field, great efficiency. Five of seven from deep, great efficiency. Eight rebounds, five assists. Just an overall one block, 
super, super efficient night from Jason Tatum. Played 45 minutes in an overtime game. So not as high on the minutes as you might think, but it's still a good amount of minutes he, he ended up having to play in this one. Um, you know, Jalen Brown struggled tonight. It was 5 of 24, 17 points, but he hit that big shot, man. So you can't you can't knock him for that at the end of the day. Uh, I thought uh, Aaron Neesmith was huge. He was 7 of 9 from the field, 2 of 3 from deep. Had 16 points, 6 rebounds. He had an assist, uh, a steal. He was just everywhere on the court. Picked up 5 fouls, but he had the highest plus minus tonight. He had a plus 12. He was he was the difference maker tonight. And um, But yeah, Jason Tatum, I, I think the reason that we're seeing this type of Jason Tatum now and not in the beginning of the season is... He stopped settling, right? So we're looking at how he's been playing the game going into the season, and it felt like he played kind of like a like a one-on-one casual. You know, when you're playing one-on-one with like one of your buddies growing up or you go to the gym, you're like, yes, yeah, let's, let's do 21. And, and it's like you know you're too gassed to like drive every time. So you do a lot of those ISO, dribble, dribble, dribble. Maybe I sidestep, maybe you do like, and you're just like, wow, that was a bad shot. I'm just being lazy right now because I'm tired. And stuff like that. It, it was kind of like that type of play style that Jason Tatum was playing with in the first half of the season, where he was just really nonchalant. Like, I'm gonna try to like not work really hard to get to my spot and just see if I could shoot over this guy. And it's like it's a pickup game, like a little 21 game. And I think in the second half, he's he's taken the initiative of I need to drive and take advantage of my length, and he's realized that he is way more um how would you say he was just he's able to utilize that length more than defenders can to defend him he's more lengthy than those guarding him so he's able to squeeze through those cracks and and get those layups and really put opposing pressure on that defense and making them and put them in some really difficult situations draw those fouls get to that line you know be able to get free points that's what we want we want those free points i think jason tatum is is learning to play from inside out to inside out and he's scoring on three levels like he's he's up in the post in the mid-range hitting jumpers right he's going to the cup now he's getting fouled getting to the free throw line those are free points he's also driving to the rim and being able to finish at a good clip and really get easy layups and get himself going early on. And then you have his ability to stretch out and hit the three and be a threat out there as well. And it's it's nice when he com- combos all those out in like one game because he, he doesn't normally do it often enough. And that's why it's frustrating sometimes watching him is we watch him settle way too much. But in this game where he drops 60 points, I think there's many clips you can find of him in the mid-range, many clips you can see him driving, he's getting free throws, he's an overall just performing at a higher rate. Like, he had 17 free throws tonight. He hit 15 free throws. 15. 15 of his 60 was free throws. So, I mean, he, he still scored 45 from not from the line, so what a great night from him. But getting those 17 free throws is a big step for him, like, really force the force the rest hand get into body of people force them start getting them used to be like yeah i'm that dude and you guys better start giving me my calls yeah give me my superstar calls i'm a superstar and i think he's really like embraced that this second half and has really risen to a different level and it's like i'm gonna force these refs to make 
decisions and see if they're going to swallow that whistle or not. And most of the time, they're not anymore. So um, just just seeing how how that's been, and it's been great um, as far as the you know development of Jason Tatum. It's it's very promising seeing the way he is progressively going in this direction. But another guy I wanted to talk about today was a a guy who I felt got a lot of hate because of where we drafted him and not understanding the situation around. So, yeah, I think he Aaron when I'm talking about Aaron Neesmith here and the thing about Aaron Neesmith was in the beginning people thought, "Oh yeah, this is the guy we want, sniper, come to come in, 3 and D guy." Six man gonna be great, you know. Like, what were we expecting? Like, 15, 20 points off the bench for a rookie? Like, come on. Like, there's no training camp. There's no Red Claws G League this year for the players to go out and develop and stuff like that. His only action is in the very few days they get to practice between games because of COVID. The season's super squished together and all that. So, they're not even getting much practice games. He's a rookie. And people are gonna be like, oh, well, Peyton Pritchard, this, Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard played multiple years in college. Aaron Smith played way less. He played a shortened season. That's it. He played literally a few games, and that was it in college. So give him time to learn the playbook. Give him an offseason. I mean, we're seeing these last two games, and even if he goes back to being no, not even in the rotation again, I completely understand it. I think he is a player who needs to be built into that confidence and once he has that confidence then he's going to be amazing because he has that ability to be a threat on both ends and both sides of the ball like he is great on the defensive side he has the effort he has the energy he has the determination to become good and want to defend and then on the offensive side he has the ability to attack people who close out too hard and if he gets his feet set, he's a great knockdown sniper, and the confidence is is inside of him. And I believe he's he's an offseason away from just working that out and being being amazing. Uh, he had a lot of cr- crucial moments, like this third quarter got turned around really heavy in the end of it when he was in there. And I also felt that Aaron Neesmith was a big, big part of that fourth and overtime. Just made winning plays, um, getting extra possessions, stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, this, the hustle, the tenacity that he played with. He, he really reminds me of like a raw version of Marcus Smart if he was a wing guy. Like This is Marcus Smart as a wing. And I know people are like, whoa, 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 Marcus Smart's an all-defensive player. But I think Aaron Neesmith can be that. He can. He can be. He has, I mean, he's a long way to go, no doubt about it, but he has the potential to be really good on both sides of the ball. I'm telling people, like, this guy is legit. I think this was a good pick because it fits the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown timeline. Like, by the time he goes in two, three years, you know, that's when we'll be going into Jalen and Jason's prime, and he should be a good com- contributor in that time. You know, he should definitely should be the sixth or seventh man off the bench, and be able to fill a big role for this Boston Celtics team moving forward or even so if like he's able to play better he could be a better trading chip for something else if the Celtics wanted to go that route so overall I just wanted to give Aaron Neesmith his his flowers after some back-to-back very impressive games from the rookie and just kind of give like we need to slow down man this has been a weird season for rookies in general I don't like the the pressure being put around them unless you're like a generational talent like I mean you, you even got guys who went in, like, the lottery that are, like, Patrick Williams who are still kind of struggling. Yeah, they're getting playing time, but they're struggling, you know, and 
people are just crucified. Like Obi Toppin went way before Neesmith, Smith, and you know you don't hear people like yelling about him and all that. You know, um, but the Celtics are are in a good direction, I think, as far as Aaron Neesmith goes, and also just as far as this team is going right now, we we really want to see this team healthy. Like we get a chance, hopefully here this Sunday, to see if. Um, if Kemba Walker is going to be able to make that game against the Trailblazers, I think he's doubtful right now, as far as I know. But if he does miss the game, it's unfortunate because we do want to see this team at full strength at some points before the the postseason starts. But um, we're going to see. Uh, we got Portland coming in. We beat them earlier in the year. It's going to be a tough matchup. Damian Lillard always brings his game, you know, and CJ McCollum's back for this matchup, and it's it's going to be an interesting one on Sunday for sure. But yeah, man. Other than that, uh, it's been it's been real talking with you guys today. Make sure to go ahead and like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you could, please write a review. Please write a review. Five star, write review. Just gives a little love on the channel, everything like that. Share it with your friends and family. Uh, be much appreciated. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Ballin Opinions. That's B A. L-L-I-N-I-O-P-I-N-S. And you can also follow the show on Twitter at Celtics for anything Celtics-related, guys. All right? Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you guys today, and I'll see you guys next time. Later. Later.